Being around good godly men can definitely change the way we view relationships. And I know that was true for me. And getting to know godly men, it can honestly change our standards as young women. We begin to think, I want a guy like that. So to our single friends, we want you to know that good guys are out there. So don't lower your standards. And in this episode, our friend Blake, he's going to share about his passion for hospitality and give us some practical tips to begin practicing hospitality in this season of life. But due to some technical difficulties, the audio doesn't sound as good as it normally does, but we had to post it anyway because the content is so good. We hope you enjoy. Like we are so excited to have you on the podcast today. And I personally love when we get to have a godly man on our podcast. I think, you know, girls really love to hear from godly men. And so it is a huge privilege to have you on. And I want our listeners get, to get to know the real Blake Pfaff. I feel like you are one of the most interesting people that I know. And I mean that as a compliment. You are just a diverse man. And so help our listeners get to know you. Uh, thanks, Adrian. I, I, I'm super happy to be on. Uh, I guess just a, a quick, quick things about me. I'm 23. I live in Tucson, Arizona. It's paradise on a budget. Uh, I'm an, I have an older brother, older sister. So I'm the youngest of three, two loving parents. I love them very much. Got a dog named Leo. He's an Australian shepherd, uh, fiance named Hannah. And uh, I, I love being a rebel. And so I thought following Christ, that's just the most rebellious thing you can do in this world. And so I love that. I uh, work in college ministry on campus at Arizona, and then I love fitness and, and finances, uh, two, two Fs. I love football, too, so you can want to throw another one in there, uh, but those are just a, a couple of things about me. That's a good summary, Blake. I like it. Um, <laughs> well, Blake, today we're talking about hospitality, and that's one of the things I've really noticed about you. I mean, I have seen you be hospitable in so many different settings. And a lot of times people don't think guys and hospitality, but yet you seem to really pull that off so well. And I'm looking forward to talking about it today. I am too, because you're just, you know, you're a manly man. Like you said, you like fitness, you like football. And so you're a guy's guy, but yet you also have just a heart towards showing other people hospitality and love and helping them feel comfortable and at ease. And so I love that you just, you have the tension of doing both of those things really well. So I'm excited to dive in on just more of your life and how you show hospitality. Yeah. Well, Blake, how would you define hospitality? I mean, do you even call it hospitality? I, I do love calling it hospitality. And I was thinking about this and I didn't want to look up definitions. So I just thought, okay, what can I think? Uh, I said, using yourself and your resources to welcome host and serve others. That's what it is. So whatever, whatever you got, in this current season, just using what you've got. And so what has motivated you to show hospitality? Would you say, you know, you came out of the womb and you were always the most hospitable person ever, <laughs> or were there certain things in your life that really motivated you to show hospitality or maybe someone modeled that for you? Tell us more about that. First one would definitely be seeing it in others. Uh, my parents in high school, uh, we had a cousin live with us for a couple months. Um, we almost, had an adopted, we almost fostered a, uh, a son and uh, just didn't work out, but they're totally opening their home in that regard. Even when I graduated college, I had a family, the Martin family, they hosted me for seven months after I graduated college. Um, and then just, 
as I read through the Gospels, just seeing how often Jesus is in someone's home, uh, sharing a meal together, uh, early church, Priscilla and Aquila. It's just like it's, it's all over scripture and then just seeing it actually practically play out before me, uh, I think really motivated me. That's awesome. Well, one thing that I don't know if you knew, knew this, but Kim, she is neighbors with your mother and your family has a lemon tree. And when the lemon tree is blooming, you know, it's a perfect opportunity to show hospitality to your neighbors. And so your mom gave some lemons to Kim. Kim showed hospitality to me. And so I feel like I'm benefiting from the Faf family by having some fresh squeezed lemonade at my house. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's just such a sweet way to, you know, welcome people. I mean, she just was like, Hey, we have a lemon tree. Here's a bag of lemons. Um, Mm -hmm. and so I know it's, um, hospitality is a a characteristic of the Faf family. I'm grateful for it. Well, what would you say, Blake, if someone said to you, well, hospitality, that's a girl thing. I would, I would concede that they may be better at the details. Uh, I'll definitely give them that. The pre- presentation, the aesthetic of it, I'll give them that. They're better at that. But when you look at Titus 1, 7, and 8, uh, it's a, a verse that I memorized. That I just really love it. talks about leaders in the church and specifically to males. And the first quality it says is to be hospitable. Um, it says to be hospitable, a lover of good, self-controlled, upright, holy, and disciplined. And so all those other qualities were like, yeah, yeah, I'll be self-controlled, disciplined, upright. Um, and then hospitality, it's just, they kind of throw that in there. And, uh, but when I read that, I thought, okay, that must be something pretty seriously if that's what a leader in the church God wants to be. And, uh, and so then I'll also add guy hospitality doesn't have to look like girl hospitality. Like when I had a bunch of guys over, uh, we had steaks and chocolate milk night. Uh, we bought oak and leather scented candles. And so it's not any like lemon stuff. It's just all leather scented in the house. Um, we had a flag on the wall. We have red solo cups and paper plates. And so it doesn't have to look like uh, girl hospitality if you guys are worried about that. <laughs> I'm so glad you said that because I think girls, they really do associate hospitality with the aesthetic. And I think that is a really real way you can help someone feel at ease. You know, you're getting to showcase your creativity and showcase, you know, some form of expression and people can appreciate art and uh, appreciate expression. But hospitality isn't just the aesthetic piece. It goes far more uh, beyond that. Like you said at the beginning, it's using your stuff to make someone feel at ease, to feel comfortable to feel welcome. And I see you doing that. You're using things that are very Blake, like chocolate milk and steaks. (laughs) Well, why do you think, let's talk about this for a minute. Why do you think God wants us as his followers to be hospitable? Yeah. And like you said, with the Titus passage, like why is that a characteristic of a leader of the church? Yeah, I'd say the home is such a a special place. It's usually where people feel the most uh, let guarded or less guarded uh most open and so bringing someone into that um it's kind of a an intimate thing to do uh in a sense and then god i think modeled that first and he's always saying hey i've prepared a room for you in my father's house and so it's just a way to to really imitate christ and imitate god i love it i love it i love that our god is a hospitable god that he wants a relationship with us that he invites us in that he wants to grow closer to us and for us to get to know him. And um, yeah, I just, I love that. 
about God's character. So we get a chance to model it. Well, let's dig into your the spe some specifics, Blake. Every Sunday during the school year, you have hosted a brunch. Um, so can you tell us more about this Sunday brunch? So it, it started originally a bunch of us after church. We'd always want to get breakfast together. And we'd end up having to wait like an hour to fit all of our people. It was like $15 a meal. And so we're like, ah, let's just let's just go to someone's place. And so we first went to Hannah's apartment. And uh, and then when I moved back to Tucson, we switched it to my house since it was closer. Um, and so just start off as a way for all of us to eat together, save money and build community. Um, and then it's just kind of grown since then. It's kind of like an open invite to whatever college student is at church that day. You know, I love that. And I think the part that I'm really latching onto is just Hannah was willing to open her home when it was just an apartment. Like we all know what apartments are like, you know, parking can be difficult. Sometimes you're asking people to walk up multiple flights of stairs. They're not big. They are the queen of space saving living. And so, yeah, for to like use your stuff, to use your apartment, to be able to host people and bring people in, you know, some people may look like, oh, you should only do that when you have like a house or when you have a big space or when parking's easy. And I just love that she was willing to just host people because that's what she had. Right. And same for you, Blake. I mean, it's like, you know, I mean, I, I haven't been to your home and so I haven't seen the aesthetic, but you know, I would imagine that, you know, maybe there are no pictures on Pinterest of your place. <laughs> and so <laughs> I just I love that you just invite people over and you're using whatever you have to make others feel warm and welcome. And I love the idea of just getting people together after a Sunday. I think you can have really great conversations when you guys have just come from worship service and a sermon, and you can just have really intentional conversation with people after they've just heard an incredible message from God's word. And I think there's just kind of this element of watching I mean, I just remember being a a person who was open to spiritual things, but I wasn't really in a personal relationship with Christ at the time. But getting around other believers, there's just something different about them and watching them interact with each other. I mean, it's kind of like you get to see authentic Christianity played out. And it's very attractive to be in a group. And sometimes as believers, we don't understand or we don't realize how God is using that in someone else's life to just see and, and watch how we interact and how, you know, how fun it can be to gather together like that. Mm, absolutely. And I think something really special does happen around a meal when believers can sit around the table, share in a meal together. I think there's something awesome that happens. Yeah, I agree. So Blake, have your roommates helped with this? I know you you live in a house with some other guys um, is it kind of a team effort or are you having to do all the work? I mean, what does that look like? Mm -hmm. No, it's, it's definitely been a team effort. They're, they're always down to host. And so that's a huge help. And even one of them, he's, I think naturally more introverted. And so he's just like open of, Hey, maybe not tonight or, um, but every Sunday he, he always helps. So Tyler, he is one of my roommates and right after church, he'll zip out and go to the grocery store, get all the groceries, kind of have that upfront cost, uh, and then come back. And then once we get back to the house, uh, we usually have one of the guys is, is cooking up eggs. Uh, one of the guys is making sausages. Some of the girls help out as well. I usually stay on the Texas waffle maker 
making the Texas waffles. You mean like Texas shaped um, waffles? Yep, yep. Stayed out of Texas. Uh, it was a Christmas uh, present. Because when in Arizona, you have to make Texas shaped <laughs> yeah, waffles. <laughs> I, I am from. You might I am give from some Texas. background on why Texas. Yeah, I am from Texas. I forgot to mention that. Usually, it's one of the first things I tell people, but uh, this one got a little later. Um, but even Tyler, <laughs> uh, my roommates—they've helped a bunch. I had an old, dirty couch when I first got to Tucson and I was just put a sheet on it and I thought I was good and so they kind of helped usher me out of that one and uh, I had just a bunch of flags on the wall they're like hey maybe we can put just like a picture on the wall instead I'm like all right I guess we can do that so yeah they've been a huge help <laughs> the transition from college to adulthood it's a fun one <laughs> <laughs> well we've talked about some of the benefits of um, you know hosting people um, can you think of anything else Blake, as far as, you know, I mean, it's, it's a lot of work, you know, I mean, Tyler's going to the grocery store, he's picking up the food, you're doing all this cook, there's cooking, there's cleanup. What are some of the benefits maybe that you've experienced personally from it? Mm -hmm. I think hearing God's word at church and then breaking bread together, it's two foundations to biblical fellowship, uh, like Adrian was talking about. Uh, and it's an easy thing to invite a friend to. And so we've seen so many new faces in our home just from having this uh, be consistent and available. Um, and then it's just, you're also giving students opportunities to serve and help out. Um, so yeah, at first, the couple, first couple of brunches, it was me and uh, my roommates kind of doing a lot of the cooking. And now I mean, I just do the waffle maker and there's like three girls that will just be like, yeah, I'll do this. I'll do this. Once it's done, uh, there's usually a group of people that will help clean out the dishes and help clean off the table. And so now people have learned what it looks like to serve one another as well. Uh, and it just comes like naturally now. Oh, that's awesome. Well, I, I have a personal benefit from these Sunday brunches too, Blake. And I mean, you know, my son Fisher, he is now a senior there at the University of Arizona, and he has been coming to these Sunday brunches and he does not miss them. I mean, like one time we came in town and he was like, hey, I'm going to the Sunday brunch. Y'all are welcome to come. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> we were going to take him out to brunch, you know, eat some lunch. And he's like, no, I want to go to the, the brunch because of the community that has been created. And I just think that has that was a, a, a part that was missing um, in his life before. And he's just, it's just been, I've just watched a fun transformation in my son's life. And I think a lot of it comes from just being in community with, um, with other believers. And I, I want to thank you for hosting in your home mm -hmm. and creating it. Gosh, Kim, I love that. I think, yeah, you nailed it. Hospitality is one of the best ways you can start building community. I'll never forget moving to Arizona for the first time, meeting a couple at church and then just inviting us over to their house. I just thought that really meant something special to us. They didn't know us super well, and now they are our best friends. And so it's just really cool how hospitality really is the start to building community with other believers. Yeah. Well, Blake, I know the Sunday brunch is kind of your big thing, um, but what is what is a recipe for a hospitable event? Like what makes an event hospitable? Uh, I think it depends on what event you're going for. And so we'll host men's groups in our home like early Friday mornings or we'll have a, a prayer uh, meeting in our home. And those, all we have is, is coffee 
and uh, a, a decent candle, a uh, leather scented candle. But then, yeah, when we host a dinner to get people together, I think just a good home cooked meal goes a long way and uh, a soft smile, uh, asking good questions, making them feel like the guest of honor at your house. And so when they come in, you know, you, you give them a, a good seat, you give them a, the biggest piece of garlic bread you got and uh, asking them good questions, uh, I think makes them really feel welcomed and uh, important and valued. And I think too, it's worth mentioning that you don't have to have your house all together to invite someone over. If you have dirty dishes in the sink and you just heated up a frozen pizza, like that is still a great way to show hospitality because you're just inviting someone into your real life of what it actually really looks like sometimes. And we don't always have our life together and the dishes, you know, in the dishwasher and the countertops completely cleaned, but you really just get to show, Hey, I want to invite you into my life right now. And I want to use this time to, you know, share my life with you. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think sometimes seeing people's lives, even with dirty dishes in the sink or, you know, it just, I don't, sometimes if you go into someone's house and it's so immaculate and so perfect, you don't feel comfortable, you know, <laughs> but like if I go to somebody's house and I'm like, Oh, they got dirty dishes in their sink too. <laughs> so it just, I don't know. It just kind of makes you feel more at ease. Yeah. So I love it. Well, Blake, let's talk food for a minute, because I think food is an intimidating um, aspect or mm -hmm. can be an intimidating aspect of hospitality. Back to the um, brunch that you guys do. You said that Tyler went to the store to buy the groceries. I mean, does he pay for all of that? I mean, how much do you guys spend? I mean, how does that how do you work the, that food and the cost of it? So when we do the brunch, uh, Tyler will pay for it up front, and then we just kind of have people uh, Venmo him $3. And usually it, it covers all the way. Um, if I'm hosting a dinner uh, with a bunch of people, that's it's usually something I'll try to cover. Um, but, like, if you don't have a lot of money, I don't think it's uh, a bad thing to be like, hey, can we all pitch in $4 and I'll cook the, the whole meal. I think most people would jump at that as well. Um, I don't think you have to worry about uh, if you ask people to chip in. I think every, I mean, every single person that I've asked when they, when we've had to do that has always been more than willing. Do you do, do it on the front end? It seems like it might be easier to kind of say, Hey, let's, you know, like you said, do dinner. If everybody chips in $4, I'll be glad to go get the groceries and cook it. You know, mm -hmm. it seems like it might be kind of awkward if someone shows up and it's like, okay, everybody chip in. And at the end of the meal, <laughs> okay, before you go, please Venmo. <laughs> Here it is. Yeah. We'll kind of, once everyone, especially for the brunch, once everyone gets, gets in, we'll say a prayer. And then before we kind of start eating, we'll be like, Hey guys, Tyler went and got these groceries. Uh, everyone can just shoot him $3 uh, on Venmo. That'd be awesome. Uh, and Tyler's such a stud. There's been, sometimes where he hasn't gotten fully recouped and he just kind of eats those costs. So he's, oh, he's man. very generous as well. Yeah. What a guy. Yeah. You know, I have a question kind of on this note, cause I think it's something that is a little bit of a learned skill, but have you ever like not bought enough food for all the people that are coming over? How do you know how to feed a crowd, whether it's a small Good crowd question. or a big crowd? So for breakfast, uh, eggs and sausage, like that stuff is usually pretty easy. And so if we buy a little bit extra one week, we'll just use it the next week because it's like $3 or, or $4. Um, 
yeah, that's it. I don't really know the formula for it because it, it's kind of just once you do it a couple of times then you kind of learn how much you know or how much you need. There was definitely the first couple of weeks of the brunch where we bought too little or way too much. And so, yeah, over time, we've kind of found that that sweet spot, I think, just from repetition. I 100% agree. I have definitely not cooked enough sometimes, and sometimes I have bought way too much. So I 100% agree the repetition is really the key. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, you know, at a big gathering like that, I think everybody knows. I mean, you know, I mean, uh, first come, first served. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, well, like on another practical level, like, do you have seating for everybody? I mean, how do you work mm-hmm. seating? So we have two couches that basically have five full spots and people kind of squeeze in more, but our like kitchen table, we had three of the chairs just snap before. And so it's not necessarily like a perfect set of table. We, uh, Tyler and I, and uh, Austin as well, we went to Home Depot and just got foldable chairs. and so we just kind of sit those around the living room table. And then honestly, a lot of people will just stand and talk and eat and they really don't have a, a problem with it. And so, uh, you know, we'll let the girl sit down and then if there's open spots after that, then it's like, all right, it's fair game. Uh, but I haven't, people really don't mind if they have to stand for a little bit and eat. Uh, if it's a foldable plastic chair that they have to sit in or a comfy couch, they usually seem okay with everything. I agree. I think it's just, it's the people that matter, you know? So Blake, um, what advice would you have for like a young woman who's living in an apartment um, or a sorority house and she's wanting to be more hospitable? Like, what would you say to her? So use what you, what God's given you right now. When you think of God fed 5,000 people, using just a little boy's, you know, loaf of bread, a couple of loaves of bread and some fish. And so, yeah, maybe this season, you know, the small apartment uh, is best to use having just a real intentional three to four person dinner um, rather than a big group over for breakfast. Um, and so, yeah, just using what you have and trusting that uh, God can do well with that. I love it. Absolutely. I know when we lived in an apartment, I, just it was always my dream just to have a lot of people over and that obviously wasn't super um conducive in a small apartment but i do remember getting to host some really like fun gatherings in our apartment courtyard and getting to have you know 20 30 40 people over in the courtyard i think we're the only people at our apartment complex that ever used the courtyard like that (laughs) but it was still fun for me i felt like i got to host and you know it obviously wasn't in my house where i wanted everything to look cute it was on some picnic tables and i got some plastic tablecloths and we ate some chili Um, but it was still fun (laughs) i still felt like i was able to host people with what god had given me And, you know, I'm just going to throw this out there. I think we should bring back tea. I just think, I mean, y'all might think it's corny, but I just think if you want to grow in hospitality and you just don't have a whole lot, you just, it's like, hey, why don't you stop by and let's have some tea sometime. I think tea kind of brings back just some Victorian vibes and just kind of do some fun things, you know, Um, and all you have to do is have hot water and uh, maybe a mismatched tea set and, um, make someone welcome. Just have, have some cookies, 
couple, throw a couple of cookies over there <laughs> and just talk, you know, and get to know mm-hmm. people. Anyway, that's just a little idea I have. No, that's good. Yeah, I think there's like little things like that are, are huge uh, for hospitality. I always just have a bunch of bananas because guys are always down for a banana. And uh, so... <laughs> Guys and girls, girls are so that different. Is awesome. That is if awesome. If girls like, you know, they like cheese, you know, you can have some cheese in the fridge. That's so true. I'm thinking if I like had a girl over and be like, hey, I got a banana. You want one? She'd be like, uh, sure. You know, but a guy's probably like, yeah, that's great. Thanks, man. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, we used to keep uh, frozen pizzas in our freezer. And we also used to keep um, just tortilla chips on hand and uh, shredded cheese because you can make nachos like you know, super easy. But I, again, I had sons, so we hosted a lot of boys. Um, and so that was a handy thing to have. Our thing right now is we buy the ice cream bars at Costco. So we always have dessert in our fridge if someone wants to come over and you get to hand them just an ice cream bar and they're like, oh yeah, this is great. And we don't have to do a whole lot of work in dirty and dishes, but it's a way we can show hospitality. Yeah. You know, you mentioned one of your roommates, Blake, being an introvert and I'm an introvert. So I think it would be fun to address this hospitality what about introverts how can we grow a heart for inviting people into our home now Blake I take it you're an extrovert am I right yeah definitely okay Adrian you're an extrovert yep okay so maybe I need to answer this question (laughs) (laughs) but you mentioned that sometimes your introverted roommate is not up for gatherings because I'm guessing maybe you would be open to have people over almost every day Mm-hmm, Most definitely. introverts need a little bit of downtime. And so I love too that you said that, you know, you kind of all agreed on the Sunday thing. Um, and so you kind of have a regular time that you have people over. And that's really worked well um, for me and for Sean is that we kind of have a, an agreed time that we have people over. And then, um, but he recognizes that I need more downtime than most. But I think, you know, hospitality is really, in my heart, a a choice that I make because anytime I offer hospitality to someone, it's kind of a step of obedience to show love for God. It's like, God, I love that you're hospitable to me. I want to be hospitable to others. Please help me make other people feel welcome and get the focus off myself and onto others. Um, and so that really helps just my attitude, but also I try to plan some downtime before I have someone over and maybe some downtime after. And so that way I have more energy and I just recognize that afterwards I'm going to be kind of depleted. And so that works pretty well, but at the heart of it, it's just a choice that I want other people to feel loved by God. And um, I'm going to trust that God can use me, even an introvert. Um, And sometimes I'll throw this out there because Sean, when we got married, he was like, let's have people over. And I'm like, awesome, let's have two people. And he would be like, (laughs) I was thinking 20. Um, But sometimes when you have a big group over, it's actually easier to host because people start talking to each other and you're not having to do all the talking. Um, and so that has actually worked pretty well. And so now when we have people over, I'm more on board for like, Hey, let's have a bunch of people, you know, I'll just make sure, you know, there's food on the table. Um, but there's just, again, that just kind of magic, that interaction of people talking and you leave the room and people are still talking even when they don't know each other. It's good, Kim. Yeah. Okay. So we've talked about a lot of things. We've talked about, um, hospitality being 
something where you're using what you have to make others feel welcome. And whatever it is, whether it's a banana or a cup of tea or serving breakfast or having people over to, for steaks. And, and we've talked about how hospitality is, um, it doesn't have to be perfect that we're inviting people in. And I just think that's really the heart of hospitality. Um, but there is this spiritual dimension to hospitality. Blake, could you share a little bit about your own spiritual journey? So I grew up loving Bible stories. My mom would share different Bible stories with me. And I just loved hearing about David and Goliath, about Samson being all big and strong. Um, but then as I grew up, I, I really started to love admiration from others the most. And that's really what I sought out, whether it's from adults, um, my peers, fellow guys, or even girls. And so I just was always trying to be successful in school and, and football because that's what brought admiration and then just using the hookup culture to kind of feed that admiration from girls. And so I came to college really just with the only uh, desire to, to pursue success and, and admiration just for my own self. And I met a guy on the team named Sammy, and his life just looked completely different. He was so joyful. The way he talked about his family, uh, the coaches, even just girls was so different than any other guy at college. And so I started hanging around him a lot. And uh, he pr pushed me to start reading the Bible for myself. And uh, I remember I read the Gospels over and over again that summer after my freshman year of college. And Jesus' words just stuck out to me so much. And I saw his call to um, deny myself and follow him and uh, how it's a lifelong decision. Uh, it's something that you give your life to. And uh, I was just, I knew I needed that. And I knew I had no shot at heaven without him. And so I came to Christ beginning my sophomore year, um, began getting discipled shortly after that. And I've just seen Christ transform my heart from the inside out. And uh, he's just been so patient with me. Uh, I've failed many times and I've gotten all these different ideas of who God is wrong. And God's just been super faithful and patient with me all through my life. Mm. Like, I love that story. I love that there was just someone who in your life that really lived life different and you took notice of that. And I, I can definitely relate to that in my own life. That was huge for me. Well, we have you on the podcast. Can we get your advice? Because I know that there's some girls in our listening audience who are like, where can I find a guy like Blake who loves God <laughs> and he loves people and is willing to open up his home? Where can I meet a guy like that? What advice would you have for them? If you're if you're in college uh, and being a part of a good college ministry is always great. Uh, that's where I met Hannah through uh, Stumo. And uh, if you're out of college or you're still in college, I think if you know a godly man, even if he's uh, married, he's going to know other godly men as well. Like I think of right now off the top of my head, I know so many caring, uh, faithful, God-loving um, awesome single men in Phoenix, Dallas, Denver, Tucson, and uh, who I'm, I would be happy to set up uh, if they wanted. And so <laughs> I'm like, I'm sure other godly men, especially guys who are older than me, will know even more. Uh, so I guess using some network if you know them, but yeah, church and church and ministry. I think it bears repeating, but did I just hear you say that there are godly young men out there 
Yes, yes, there are. They're all across the country, just waiting. Well, I just, I just think it's good to remember because sometimes, um, as a young woman trying to follow Christ, it just sometimes you wonder, you know. And so we appreciate just that um, assurance that they are indeed out there. Um, what mistakes do you see godly girls make as they relate to guys? Could you give some insight? For us. I know. I feel like you'd be able to answer this a lot better than me just because, uh, man, I'm, I, I feel like I'm so young. I'm only 23. But I say the one one big one is when I see uh, like young girls really starting to get grown in the, their faith um, and maybe they have a boyfriend already or maybe they're, they're talking to a guy and He's not quite, he's not really a godly man yet, but they're kind of hoping that he'll become one. Uh, man, I, that's like one mistake that I've seen just kind of pull girls back from really continuing to grow in their faith. Uh, is just kind of dating a guy, hoping that he'll eventually mature into that godly man. Mm. At what point, I'd like to run with that just a little bit. At what point, should she call it quits with a guy that she likes, but um, is not necessarily open to spiritual things? And if he's, if he's not taking consistent steps to uh, know God deeper, love God more, and then bring other guys into his life, uh, I would just be nervous to really trust him in, in a lot of big things. It's just, uh, especially if you're wanting to follow Christ, that would be a scary person to, to trust with that because eventually, yeah, he's going to be your biggest spiritual uh, influence in your life. You know, as we're looking at young women, you know, something I'm just wondering is like, what are things a young woman could do to just encourage her other brothers in Christ? And is there a way she can even show interest to another brother in Christ? Mm -hmm. I say one, one thing that I mean, guys, we don't do the best at complimenting each other. Uh, and so, yeah, if you see a, a character quality in a guy that you really admire, that's a godly character quality, uh, just kind of telling him like, hey, I see this character quality. I think that's awesome. Uh, it's really great. Keep, keep, keep going in that. Uh, I know when I've heard that before, um, even not just from a, a peer, but whether it's from like my mentor or my mentor's wife or, or somebody that just really kind of spurs me on a bunch uh, just hearing that. And then I think asking them good questions that make them ponder about God. And so just way conversations go, uh, they can either lead to God or lead away from God. And so asking good questions that kind of set their minds on thing above uh, I think it's, it's huge. So asking them questions like, Hey, if you were to go overseas, where would you go? Or like, what's some ways that you've met new non-believers in the, this past year? Um, kind of, it kind of spurs him on. And I think in the long run, he'll be like, okay, this, this girl's actually spurring me on to think about God more. That's, I'm going to notice that. Mm, I like that. I like those pro tips. Okay, so you just recently got engaged and you're getting married soon. What qualities in Hannah were so attractive to you? Well, this really goes along with the episode, but she is just very hospitable. Uh, 
and she's very sweet. She's very kind and she has made a lot of sacrifices for God. And so I, I've seen that in her life. Um, she, whenever we would have a bunch of friends from uh, different cities come in, she would have like a whole itinerary planned. Uh, she would make sure each person had a place to stay, uh, whether it was with her or with somebody else. And so she was just really good at doing that stuff. And she enjoyed being with lots of people. And I knew like, I just, I wanted to have a, uh, an open door type of home. And so I thought we would partner up pretty well with that. And then, yeah, she's just a super sweet uh, girl. She's always nice. She forgives people uh, very quickly and even when it's hard. And so I know that she would forgive me for a lot and she has. So uh, yeah, those are just some of the qualities in her. Well, she's a real gem and I'm excited for your marriage. I think you guys are going to make a dynamic team and I know God's going to use you in many ways. So thank you, Blake, um, for joining us today. It's been such a pleasure to have you with us. We've enjoyed our discussion. I know there are so many other things we could have talked about too, but, um, but I've got some application steps for our listeners to consider. One, think of something you can have on hand if someone pops by. Maybe just some bottled waters, uh, and in Blake's case, bananas, <laughs> or just set, think through, you know, what could I offer someone if they stop by? Um, the second thing to think about is to take initiative to invite a friend over, whether it's for lunch or for tea or to make it simple, just, I don't know, just to think through um, and taking initiative to invite someone over. And then another application step might be is to get with a friend and plan to host something and invite a few people over. Create a reason to invite people over and just see what happens. I think you'll be really pleased. But we are so glad that you joined with us today. Learning how to be hospitable will enrich your single years by creating and nurturing community for yourself and others. And if you marry a hospitable man, together you'll be a team and be about something bigger than just yourselves. It will bring a lot of purpose and satisfaction in your marriage, qualities that many marriages lack these days. Mm. And if you'd like more tips on how to love your husband, consider getting a copy of my book, Loving Your Husband, before you even have one. I share more of my story and all the things I learned as a single woman that paid off later once I got married. And we still have a lot more to talk about. So I hope you'll join us again next week.